Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. No more mocks. This is a real deal. Want to talk about the draft? Call, text, or tweet us. Now, NFL Draft Central on the home of the Bills. WGR Sports Radio 550. Howdy-do, neighbors. Welcome back. Hour two, day three draft coverage here on WGR. And it's brought to you by Fiegel Car and Joyce, your border attorneys by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. By the Mini Mafia Kids Club, visit buffalobills.com slash minimafia to join the fun. And by Upstate Honda Dealers to see the exciting all-new Honda lineup, visit your local Upstate Honda dealer. Zach, we got our first grade-in of the day. Greg Thompson of Cover 1, a B plus. Yeah, baby. Uh, what are your overall thoughts there from uh, from what you heard from Greg? Uh, I, I was telling you during the break. I really agree with the B plus. I mean, I but I I'm with Greg as well. Like I'm a big believer in Osiris Torrance. I think for me, he's doing a lot of work with this draft class. Kincaid, um, I I like the pick when it came in. I'm still I'm just I'm waiting to see how they're gonna be able to justify the Dawson Knox contract while also using Kincaid correctly, value wise in a first round pick, and then Dorian Williams is still. I'm just kind of. I'm I'm waiting to see what that's going to look like. I mean, we're going to have to wait till the end of summer in training camp really to, to know exactly what that's going to look like. But I'm just I'm waiting it out. I just I I like so far the picks. I think they've gone pretty well value wise. Like them picking linebacker in the third round made complete sense to me. We were talking about that all night last night. Of could they go linebacker? Is this where they go linebacker? You know, how do they feel about Terrell Bernard? And then you know, seeing guys like Chris Trapasso of CBS Sports say that they like Williams better than. Terrell Bernard last year makes me a little bit better on this pick that maybe it wasn't just a throwaway to a linebacker. Maybe they do want to have more speed at that position. They want them to be able to cover tight ends and really cover the middle of the field. I'm fine with that. That's okay. I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm still, I, I, it's going to have to be a wait and see. But in terms of the offensive line and what Greg was saying, just they have options. They're not going to run into a problem they had last year in Miami where they just don't have any viable options and you lose the game because of it. They're going to actually have people that can go in a rotation. And even if that means like a guy like Ryan Bates just becomes the do-it-all, essentially sixth offensive lineman because he can go anywhere, fine. That works. I mean, it, that's how you keep Josh Allen upright. That's how you avoid him taking unnecessary hits. And that's also how you get the offense to start humming again. I think that was a real problem last year is just – Allen had to bail, and then unlike years prior, no one really coming back to the ball. So hopefully now you get a better offensive line. We don't need everyone having you know a third eye in the back of their head to come back when Josh you know bails out of the pocket because it's collapsing in two seconds. Um, by the way, we had several drafts. Uh, several drafts. Yes, we, yes, we did. Uh, we did several several trades uh, that came in kind of right before the fourth round. What, where, what, do we, what do we have on those? So the Saints are on the clock technically first here, right? Uh, we have the Saints coming up first. They traded out of that pick with the Bears, and then Houston was going to go 2-3 to start the fourth round. It's now actually the Raiders and then the Eagles. The Eagles will pick uh, three times in the, the fourth round. So it should be interesting. It should be interesting. Um, funny enough, I, I my, my buddies that are Dolphins fans, very upset about the uh, – the running back pick yesterday and not taking not uh, or, and and the Camp Smith pick considering they just traded for Jalen Ramsey and they got Kadir. I don't know what the rest of his name is. I think, is that his last name? I think it, I, Kadir oh. Kadu or something like that. Something it's something funny. I gotta look it up. Something 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 very funny. Um, they've got pieces at the cornerback position. 
they were really looking to upgrade the offensive line. Yep. And my 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 buddy that uh, I pl- that played offensive line, in fact, guard with me in college, uh, who's a big Dolphins fan, texted me yesterday and said, you know, the the Osiris uh, Torrance pick is is a really good one. Liked him a lot. Really wish the Dolphins had looked to uh, to scoop him. Thought he could really walk in and be a starter for the Dolphins. I, I that's the thing. I think a lot of people really like Torrance. It, he is he is a unicorn at the guard position. And with, when you're a team like Miami, who let's be frank, had a almost impossible time trying to protect Tua Tungvaluwa. They had a really, really hard time doing that. Torrance would have helped that offensive line immediately. Like, I think he's a day-one starter for the Bills. He easily walks in, in ink, you are putting him, right guard, boom, move on. I, I We were saying it yesterday kind of as a joke, but they really are a Ferrari. They're fast, but they break down easily, the Dolphins. And that's where... They they can scare you. They can score points on you. They have maybe the fastest offense in football, but even still, like it's just they get injured a lot. They're they're not really reliable in terms of keeping everyone upright, and it's that's their ceiling. That is what's going to stop them from advancing higher than they than they should be because they are a very very talented team. Thinking um, either New Orleans, Las Vegas, or Philadelphia takes Keely Ringo here, right? I mean, they got to. I was I was looking at a few guys who cover the Houston Texans, and they were surprised that Houston traded out of both of their second or both of their fourth round picks because Keely Ringo was there. And I would imagine New Orleans gets him here, right? I mean, he was a guy that in the third round was kind of surprising he kept falling. So I would imagine it's it's got to be one of these really coming up. I would think so too. And oh, I, want, of- I want the Bills to trade up into here. I really do. I love the fourth round. It's the start of it. And and you know what, Nate, and, I, and I'll say it like this. It's still one of those rounds that I feel comfortable. This guy could start potentially day one. He could – or not not start. That's a bad way to put it. Contribute day one. In the fourth round. In the fourth round. After that, I get very nervous of everybody's a special teams guy. or they. And now that the Bills are talented, we're picking at the ends of rounds. Are they even going to make the roster? You know, I want to get excited about some of these guys. I want to actually, like, see where they can fit in. But when you're getting a sixth-round pick – on the Buffalo Bills, I'm like, it, it, they almost become hockey prospects to me. Where it's like, mm. am I going to see this guy for two, three years, if at all? Yeah, I, I think part of this too, though, is you know trading trading that fourth round pick to move up. Feels like that's probably where where that ends. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but looking at this, it's, it's, list a, it's of, a dream, but way, it's not a good. Oh one. yeah, right. It's a, it's a dream. It's it's not one I think that's going to happen. I I would imagine Brandon Bean values having these two. I wouldn't even be surprised if you hear a trade back. Oh, I could see it happening. Um, just some names that for for those that maybe are thinking about like who's the best available players now. I, I, I'm not expecting really any of these names to be um, around when the Bills pick in the fifth round. But you know, Keely Ringo is probably the top rated player left on the board. The Georgia corner. Um, you have Dewan Hand, who has you know had some conversations around what he is and isn't uh the mm-hmm. ohio state offensive tackle uh henry toa toa uh the linebacker out of alabama clark phillips the third utah corner uh roshan johnson the running back from texas the other running back yeah baby from Welcome. texas uh, quarterback jake hayner the quarterback out of fresno blake freeland uh, offensive tackle from byu the guy that maybe i'm most surprised to still see here on the board tyler scott mm-hmm. wide receiver out of cincinnati nick herbig uh the uh wisconsin outside linebacker antonio johnson texas a&m safety um I, another guy that i like at the wide receiver position Purdue's charlie jones um you've got at perry the wake forest wide receiver uh who else we got here some names that might suck will mallory wide uh the tight end out of miami uh and then uh, kind of rounding out that that, that that's kind of the big name still remaining on the board. One one position that, or you know, maybe one pick yesterday that I think maybe raised some eyebrows was Hendon Hooker. Um, he goes to the Detroit Lions. You know, there was a lot of criticism of the Lions, not just in this newsroom, um, but I think probably around the country. A lot of certain they, they seem to be sort of the butt end of a lot of jokes. Um, overall thoughts on that team adding Hendon Hooker and what he might bring to the competition in that room with Jared Goff. Well, I think not necessarily maybe even competition. I think he slots right in. He's the backup quarterback. I think that was the thing that we were talking about yesterday. They don't really have a backup quarterback. My biggest worry with Hooker, and what probably is going to actually help him to have Goff be the guy that's ahead of him and they're working together, he's got to learn, I don't want to say pro-style offenses because pro-style offenses have now become you know pro-style, spread, all that stuff. But air raid is very much its own breed. It is not a thing that is really in the NFL. 
Hooker was a part of that. Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, two of the wide receivers for Tennessee, also fell, I think, further than maybe some people thought, partially because of the offense they came from. Um, but it does make sense. But he is 25. You don't have a fifth-year option because you pick him late, which is probably good because he'd be 30 when you had to adjust to that. And that's something I'm still trying to wrap my brain around is that you're figuring out if you want a second contract on Hooker when he's 30 years old. I, like That's that's tough. That's concerning. Um, overall, though, the Detroit Lions draft has been very – I would almost say it's been eye-opening to me. I really would. I thought this was a team that was very forward-thinking. I was that you know Dan Campbell for all, for all his bluster about biting kneecaps and all that stuff was actually very much like an analytical person. He goes for it on fourth down a lot, and he's all about scoring points and all that stuff. And in reality, it's just they took a bunch of Iowa players and Jameer Gibbs. You know, they they really reached they for Jack Campbell, and I just that one I was very surprised at because it's. They just didn't need to do that to get Jack Campbell. I just I don't imagine a lot of teams are sitting there going, "We've got to have him." And then they go out and get who was the other uh, Iowa player they went in? Uh, was it Laporta? Sam Laporta, yeah, Sam tight Laporta, end. the tight end. And uh, Laporta, I can almost get behind a little bit. We saw yesterday Darnell Washington really fell, and that was kind of due to his knee injury. So. Their draft class really is wait and see. I'm not necessarily there with with Joe on I wanted to see them make a move for Lamar Jackson. I just don't think there was a move to be made. I think that was a big thing there, too, that the the Ravens were going to match any offer you made for Lamar. They were never going to accept any trade. They were going to keep him there. And then in terms of even trying to trade up, the Colts weren't moving out of that that pick. They, no. they were, they were going to take Anthony Richardson there. Houston was going to take Stroud. And Carolina, obviously trading up, was going to take Bryce Young. There's just really no room for them now. What Detroit is going to have to hope that they are is effectively what Kansas City did, which is if we're good next year and we love the quarterback class and there's that third guy on the board that we can go get, you trade up two second or two first and a second and you and you go get your guy, which is not a bad idea. I but also I'm kind of with you is you know Jared Goff is not you know Tyrod Taylor or Nathan Peterman or even Alex Smith. I do think Goff on his best days is better than Alex Smith when he was with the Chiefs. So and if you have a good enough team around them, which I, they do they, have they a do. very good team, I, mean, like they, I think that's the most frustrating thing about the Detroit Lions. I really, really love their team, and I was just like, oh, you just didn't need to draft, you know, Jameer Gibbs. I would have loved for them to, you know, just sure up that offensive line, maybe add a little bit more on the defense, even a wide receiver with all the suspensions they're going to have. That's going to be interesting. Is really how this team handles the. You know, first month and a half, two months of the season, mm. as they wait for you know guys like Jameson Williams. Um, they had, had two more receivers suspended as well, waiting for them to get back. But Quintez, I mean, um, Quintez Cephas, though I believe they cut him after that. They, they yeah, they cut one of them, and then oh, it's, it's something buried. There's a safety, I thought, maybe <clears throat> somebody. I don't know. But but then uh, you know, Amon St. Brown is just phenomenal. Him and Jared Goff work really really well together. They have a great offensive line. Yeah, I mean, you know. I like what the Lions can do. I think the NFC North is very interesting this year. It for the, for the first time in a long time, it feels like a really really fun conference or division to keep up with. Just a quick update: uh, the Raiders selecting cornerback Jacorian Bennett. He is a Maryland corner, so two Maryland corners in this draft uh, going uh, in this uh, at least part of this part of the draft. Frankie Moss. We got to stop with the influencers. We got to stop with the influencers. First of all, that influencer that was everyone was talking about for the Bills yesterday. He is not a Bills fan. Uh, no, no. What was his Twitter header had him and somebody in, in Dolphins Miami, in Miami Dol- Just because he's from Canada does not make him a Bills fan. We gotta yeah, stop this. We I gotta. Wasn't. We gotta. We gotta put an end to this. Why aren't we there, Nate? I think that's really the question. We could do this. Uh, you can barely uh, yeah. do this. That's a great no, point. I, I I can read a name. I can do that. Maybe not well, but I can do it. What would they introduce you as if you if they called you up to the stage to call? Would you be Radio Zach Jones? I can I can work with that. Truthfully, I would just love as like Buffalo resident. <laughs> Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo resident. Buffalo taxpayer. Resident. <laughs> Buffalo taxpayer. Zach Jones. That's what I want. Because I already citizen, know Zach Jones. I already know social media is going to love that. <laughs> I already know it. That's Buffalo right. resident Zach Jones. Let's get up there. Actually, realistically, Cheektowaga resident. That's right. Really, really throw the rest of the country for a loop. From Un- Cheek to Warsaw. Unvaccinated yeah. American Zach Jones. There we go. Unvaccinated American. That's right. And I'll show up in a Hawaiian shirt, sunglasses, and a bucket hat. Fantastic. I'm ready to go. Sounds like it. I have a Buffalo Bills bucket hat. I have a Buffalo Bills Hawaiian shirt. I'm ready to go. That's dressed for the weather. It's seasonally appropriate. For it Kansas is. City. It is seasonally appropriate. 
every season. And that's important. Every season. So Roger Goodell isn't even wearing a button down today. He's wearing like something from the Jim Nance collection. Because it's yeah, Saturday. No, he's got chest hair out. Disgusting. Really? I didn't Again, see that. Jesus. Disgusting. I'm a family program. This is a family program. Yeah, no, he's he looks like he's back in his basement in COVID. I'm just I'm so ready for one of these years, Raj, to just show up in like the sixth round to announce a pick, a beer in his hand. They're in Kansas City. He's got like a plate of barbecue, and he just comes up, says it real quick, and like walks away, mouthful. The Eagles' uh, war room is on TV currently right now because they are making their pick after having, I believe, moved that up. That is a lot of clapping for a fourth round. And pick. everybody's standing behind the camera they as did, if they're taking they, a photo for a private security firm that's being shipped over to the Middle East. Don't, that's good. Don't hate on it. They did trade, though, a third-round pick next year to move up in the fourth round. I kind of am interested in who they take because that's a bit of a haul. The, the Saints' war room had people just wearing, like, generic – T-shirts, white T-shirts well, with Orleans, the Saints logo yeah, on it. Yeah, it's hot there. They're like, no, 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 no. Nothing our, fitted. Our AC at any dudes with huge beer guts, and it's just not of the appropriate size. Yeah, they go. got one hey, size, and it was medium. What's that? You ever been to New Orleans? Nolens? No, I've never been to Nolens. <sighs> I gotta go just for the food, just for the food scene. I gotta go. Do you like swimming through the atmosphere? I've heard that. Actually, I very much do. While humidity. loaded, because you're well, not going around that city unloaded. That's fair. So you can ooh. even avoid the tourist destination you're still gonna wind up there i don't know i do pretty well in the humidity i do horribly in the cold i'm a bad person in the cold i'm gonna say i got some bad news for you buddy about yeah. the place you live but it's fine it's why i'm a bad person but humidity i'm all right okay. sunglasses on have a glass of lemonade i'm it's all vibes it's a okay. good time it's a good time if anybody by the way if anybody wants to call us and tell us to talk about sports provide some and we'll talk about it. We're sitting here standing around watching them draft people who may play or may not, so we're doing the best we can. Dude, this Eagles war room is so locked in for this pick. Uh, who is it? This is what I'm talking about. On their tippy toes. Why are we taking five minutes to announce a fourth-round selection? No, all that I remember the day, this is how old I am, when they would not go the full timer. When they hit, the pick was in, they just went and did it. Yeah. And they realized, like, this is advertising we're not doing so now everybody goes the full oh. distance for all the timers it's regardless Here we go yeah Here we go georgia there I mean, we go they're just building a georgia program I, can we actually talk about that like how like the eagles literally just went down to georgia and said all of you <laughs> all of you <laughs> we will with us like at nolan smith's like par- like draft party he had like seven eagles there they were all sitting there going oh my god we're teammates again it's the coolest thing in the world. Like he had like Jordan Davis was hanging out there, Nicobe Dean, and just he just gets drafted to the Eagles, and they're like, "Oh my God, we're all teammates again. This is awesome." I mean, it's an NFL defense. I get it, but now like you look at the Eagles, that defensive line. I get that they didn't get to Patrick Mahomes at all in the Super Bowl. They're going to try again, though. They should. They got Jalen Carter. They get Nolan Smith. I mean, that's that's a Howie Roseman special right there. Remember the year they won in 2017? They just went through a rotation on that defensive line. That's what he wants to do again, I would imagine. I thought for a long time that's what the Bills wanted to do, which is a a rotation that when you come into the third, fourth quarter, it's just you've only played 50% of the snaps you probably would on other teams. I wonder why Ringo fell so far. There's not an injury, is there? I don't believe so. I mean, he wasn't even the first cornerback taken of the fourth round. No. He was the second corner taken in the fourth round. I wonder if it's, is it, was it his testing numbers that, that hurt him? I don't know. It does seem a little odd. I mean, he was, again, he was a guy that a lot of people had in the first round. Uh, he was, okay, these are safety, so that doesn't really help me. That's not going to help you at all, yeah. Hold on. We got we to gotta find this out. See what he tested. Uh, he was... Dane Brugler's number six uh, t- uh, cornerback. He was a first or second round grade. He ran a four three six forty. I mean, that's exactly what you want for a cornerback. It's exactly what you want. Six feet two oh seven. I mean, he's got some. He's he's one of the heavier corners. Yeah, that's um, it's an interesting fall for him. I wonder if there was some medical problems that that teams were maybe looking at or concerned but you know what, about. Though, the Eagles. It's the same thing with drafting Jalen Carter. They're happy to wait. They're they're fine to wait. Do you need to get healthy? If we need to make sure you're healthy, cool, we'll do that. We, we're loaded at talent. I mean, like, they are such a special team in really an NFC loaded of just, like, eh teams. Philadelphia and, and San Francisco really do stand on their own. I think Chicago can maybe get there. Detroit's a really fun team. 
but they are just completely on their own. Break Leland, the offensive tackle out of BYU, goes to the Colts here at 106. So they need they need offensive line they help. Do. They do. They it need makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. Um, we will have John Scott rolling in at 115 with us as well. Um, we should be hearing from both the second and third round picks today as well um, from One Bills Drive. So we'll play those for you live as well. We'll have Sal Capaccio popping in at some point. Uh, we've got Joe Marino coming in at uh, the 1230 hour. And then I will get uh, times locked down for Matt Perino, Ryan, um, and Ryan Talbot as well. And so, yeah, we've got, uh, we, we've, we've got a long list of, of guests that will join us today. We'll get some grades rolling from, from all of them. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, this is a good pick, I think, for the Colts, who, who needed to add to an offensive line that got pretty battered up last year. Jeff Saturday came in, was the uh, – what, what, what happens to Jeff Saturday now? Do we know? Uh, no. I, to be fair, like when that happens, does he though, just go back to his job at ESPN? I think or? so. I mean, they would bring him back. I mean, now he literally has the whole head coaching experience thing, so like he can add that dimension to his analysis. That was that was such a weird process, though, right? When they were when Super they were weird. when they were looking to hire a head coach, I was convinced. I'm like, me too. Like it's going to be Saturday. I think they nail it with Shane Steichen, but for a period there, it was like they're going to take Saturday, and it effectively when that, if that happened, it was going to be Jim Irsay just running the show. Not yes. just as owner, but like as everything. How about Jim Ursay tweeting out, should we take another quarterback with the number one pick in the second round? Uh, yeah, he didn't. He's a coward. He is a coward. I was all, I was all about that. But I'm just that's the one thing that I'll say is thank God Terry Pagula doesn't tweet. Oh. I, I say Cheers to that. I, I say it, but like as someone that has to talk about the team for a living, that would be awesome. As someone who That would be awesome. Right, you you all three of us we have to deal with whenever the team does stuff yeah. it's generally our purview. The more everybody shuts up the better my life is cuz if anybody says anything I get the phone calls from random people That's so true. that That's sa- true, that yeah. assumes one I have power over it and two I want to hear what they have to say. So they're screaming at me on the telephone at like nine in the morning about something that Terry Bagula tweeted out. No. Yeah, I'm good on that. Thank you. I'm good oh, on that. No, thank you. Could you, could you imagine? I, keep it to yourself. Could you imagine? Tell your talk, pastor. Talk to your spiritual advisor. Go to confession. Pastor. Whatever you got to do to get right with the Lord. But I am not that person. Could you imagine? Tell your pastor. Th- Thursday night starting and Terry Bear out here, Terry Pagula, <laughs> tweets right. out. What do you guys think about Bijan Robinson? <laughs> Just in a bucket and, that's all and not much says. else, tweeting that's, from the couch. And that's all he says. What do you guys think about Texas running back Bijan Robinson? That's right. I that would that would be my dream. And it, uh, like that'd he, be amazing. He throws it out there, but you can't reply to the tweet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'd be all in. Patriots taking a interior offensive lineman center Jake Andrews here with the 107th pick. We got to run on some dudes. Patriots have nine picks remaining. Wow. They're gonna need them. I mean, well, that's the thing. Like I was gonna say, on a on a roster really devoid of any any elite talent, in all seriousness, that is a team that could ju- just plug and play, plug and play, plug and play. Just get in there, go. Yep. I mean, like they're in the opposite sense of what the Bills are in. Where like I'm kind of joking, I'd like for the Bills to move up to four, just because I'm like I want a guy that I think can make an, an instant impact in the next two years. A, a team completely constructed out of, out of NPCs. Yeah, just like it is. Yeah, like I've never heard of half these guys. None of these guys feel like they can really make any sort of difference on any other NFL roster. Even their quarterback and Mac Jones, I feel bad for him because he really shouldn't have been a first round pick. Like if he really shouldn't have, he is not a modern NFL quarterback. Looking back, I, I rewatched the 2018 first round on Tuesday. Five years ago, Mac Jones was like the bell of the ball as a quarterback because Josh Rosen was. And Rosen never had a season at UCLA that now, Mac Jones had at Alabama. And now it's Richardson who's getting players of DeBall who are yeah. starting to get. But like, but the Patriots think of everything like in the 1990s and the 1980s. Like they're not like horribly like 1960s guys, but they still think like defense, run the ball, you know, only really throw when we have to. The Patriots' best years was when the league hated them and they decided they were going to run up the score on everybody. Think That's of- when they were an exciting go for the throat team is, is when they decided we're going to put up 50 on everybody. Is there anybody that has gone through the Patriots command structure over the past 10 years that seems like they are open to change 
they are open to um, innovation and they are open to counsel from other people. Because every Ryan time I think, because every time I think of someone in like a headset for the Patriots, I think of like, oh, that guy is absolutely screamed at a little league coach. Like yeah. that, just like the the last kind of person who would be open to negotiating about anything. Bill O'Brien was the closest one, and he. Strapped dynamite to yep. the Texans on his way out the door. Well, that's the thing. The moment he got the whole GM situation, he was like, "Cool, cool, cool. I'm gonna um, blow this up. It's gonna be. You're gonna love it, though. You're gonna love this. It's gonna be great." But like, look at Josh McDaniels, who's now he's in Vegas, but before was in Denver. That was fun for 15 minutes when he was in Denver. But he took Tim Tebow in the first round. I mean, like it, mm. it, they everyone over there should send Christmas cards and twenty five thousand dollar checks to Tom Brady. Yeah, it seems like year. he was really important. Like every single year, it's it, like, and I'm not saying Bill Belichick's a bad coach. I know you can. Not, well, no, I, I, you can. It's legal, but like he really desperately needed Tom Brady at his quarterback. He was not good outside of him and Bill no. Parcells. So he's well, by himself in the war room. This is awesome. Oh wait, no, I feel like that's like another one of his kids or an intern that just like walked in. Someone's got to tell him. He loves it. The the face of nepotism is Bill Belichick. I mean, it looks like he just he's just there. Nobody wants to be there. Nobody wants to be in that room with him. He's probably insufferable. They've spent hours scouting players, and he's like, "Hey, but this kid from this D two school, I want to take him in the third round." The room just smells like almonds because he just keeps (laughs) eating handfuls of 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 unsalted almonds, raw (laughs) unsalted almonds, uncooked. He's just he's. Like, he's not stress eating. That's just him. That's just, just him. what he's doing. But like he's probably no, he's not going to want to do light conversation with you while you're killing time. And this is a day where you have to kill time. He just eats to. sunflower seeds like Ace Ventura. You know, like what uh, is, oh, ashtray. No thanks. I don't smoke. It's a disgusting habit. That's right. Um, by the way, two picks really quick. Uh, at 108, the Seahawks are taking offensive lineman Anthony Bradford, and at 109, the Texans taking edge Dylan Horton. We're taking a timeout because on the other side at 12:30. Our guy Joe Marino joins us. We'll get his grade thoughts, what he thinks of day three here, whether the Bills should potentially move back, move forward. We'll get all of that. That's coming up next, so don't go anywhere here. Joe Marino, the Draft Network, uh, and uh, Locked on Bills. That's coming up next here on WGR. Coverage of the NFL Draft on WGR is being brought to you by Fiegel Car and Joyce, your border attorneys. By New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. By the Mini Mafia Kids Club. Visit buffalobills.com slash mini mafia to join the fun. And by Upstate Honda Dealers. To see the exciting all-new Honda lineup, visit your... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Your local Upstate Honda dealer today. Welcome back to our continuing coverage of the 2023 NFL Draft. And coverage of the NFL Draft on WGR is brought to you by Fiegel, Car and Joyce, your border attorneys, by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. By the Mini Mafia Kids Club, visit buffalobills.com slash mini mafia to join the fun. And by Upstate Honda Dealers to see the exciting all-new Honda lineup, visit your local Upstate Honda dealer. Welcome back. Zach Jones, Nate Geary, we are... 
Sifting through day three of the NFL draft, the Bills do not pick until round five, so no action here in round four. We go back to the Wester Hotline because Joe Marino, host of Locked On Bills and the co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting, joins us now on the Wester Hotline to talk Bills day one and day two. Joe, how are you? I'm sure you, um, lack of sleep, I'm sure, is something on your mind. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, that is no truer words have ever been said. There, it's an absolute grind, and it's right in the middle of the offseason, right? I'm, like, fully in not staying up late mode, and so this is a nice uh, challenge for me here to, uh, to keep the energy up. So, Joe, um, you know, kind of maybe going back to day one, getting your thoughts overall on Dalton Kincaid, the Bills trade up. They trade a fourth-round pick, the one that they would be using today, to move up to secure the tight end in front of Dallas. Uh, some interesting takes from some folks that cover Dallas like what a masterful job with the smoke screen of of forcing a team to trade up in front of you and I'm not really sure I buy that take I I do think Dalton Kincaid's a Dallas Cowboy if the Bills don't trade in front of them yeah it feels like all the Cowboys people are saying well the plan was always Mozzie Smith and everyone that's not a Cowboys person is saying yeah the the Cowboys were going to pick Dalton Kincaid so I I, I'm fine with the trade up you could see that this is definitely a, a key piece for the Buffalo Bills and how they want this offense to look moving forward. I mean, they just invested a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick in Dalton Kincaid. That's exactly what they invested in Stephon Diggs. Hmm. And so I have an expectation for Dalton Kincaid to be a very significant piece of this offense. I think he's probably going to be relatively quickly the number two option in this passing game and command a lot of market share. And you know, he certainly diversifies their, their passing offense. I think his ability to work the middle of the field is really exciting. A dynamic route runner, unbelievable hands, body control, and ball skills. I think he's got a chance to be a high-impact uh, weapon for this offense and really diversify the way that they play football. I mean, it's been uh, typically 10 personnel, 11 personnel, lots of wide receivers, and I think that'll still be a big part of what Buffalo does. But you're going to see more here in terms of utilizing these tight ends, which has not been a productive position group for the Bills over the last several seasons. And certainly uh, I think we can all question if it's really going to come together because we want to see it before we really buy in. But you can see the vision. Now it's about putting it all together. So, um, Joe, I mean, I-, I would tell you that if that is the case, if you know Dalton Kincaid ends up being – you know, like maybe the second or third leader on this offense in, in terms of targets. You know, I, I think that's a huge win for the Bills, getting him in the first round. I, I, I think it's hard to really talk about and project what his role is on this offense without really better understanding how the offense is going to evolve under Ken Dorsey. We probably won't find that out until, you know, maybe the first quarter of the season is over. But in a vacuum, I think it's fair to start asking questions about the vision for <clears throat> Dawson Knox moving forward where, where do you sort of stand on that and and I, I think that's maybe the hardest part for I know for someone like me looking at seeing tight end next to Dalton Kincaid's name and whether or not you know it's semantics and whether or not he actually is a tight end or more of a big slot or however this ultimately plays out I think part of the conversation stems from wondering well you know I, you didn't really particularly use Dawson Knox all that well he kind of regressed in, in some areas last year, and then they followed up by really you know, signing him to a pretty large contract. What do you make of now adding in a second tight end in what 12, quote-unquote, 12 personnel looks like? Um, and I think it is fair to put quotes around 12 personnel because I'm not sure that's really what it'll look like when Dalton Kincaid's on the field. Well, yeah, I mean, Dawson Knox is in year one of a four-year contract extension that's going to pay him $14 million a season on average. I mean, uh, he should still be a significant piece of this offense moving forward. And I think where that comes is more of an inline player where, you know, that's really, really where he adds more to the offense than Dalton Kincaid. I mean, the inline blocking and, and the size component that Dawson gives is, is better than Kincaid. And I think Kincaid offers more as a receiver and his ability to run routes and, and challenge the middle of the field and win with consistency at the catch point. So I think they do complement each other very, very well. Um, and so I, I think that I understand the question because the Bills haven't really gotten their tight ends going with any level of consistency. I mean, bottom tier production and target rate percentages over the last three seasons. But this is an evolution, right? That this is a, a shift in where they want to go. And, you know, you heard Brandon Bean say that he's Cole Beasley in a tight end's body and referring to Dalton Kincaid. And so um, we've seen Dawson Knox exist with Cole Beasley, and I think it's just going to look a little bit different. And, yeah, I think we're going to have a lot of conversations about, oh, is Dalton Kincaid a tight end or a wide receiver? I mean, 
We've seen this for years, whether it's been Jimmy Graham going back in the day or, you know, what Kyle Pitts, what is he for the, the Atlanta Falcons, right? I mean, there's these types of players throughout the league, and I think the Bills just have one. It's a new conversation in Buffalo, but not a conversation that hasn't existed across the NFL for a while. Looking to the second round, Joe, the Bills take Osiris Torrance, a guy that in a lot of mocks, especially early on in the draft process, but I saw even late, going to the Bills maybe even at 27th overall in the first round, the Bills do have Connor McGovern and Ryan Bates to potentially fill that guard position, but with Torrance now in the fold, what do you expect from him, I, I guess maybe year one, but even just down the board, how do you expect this offensive line to really fill out as we go into the summer? Yeah, I mean, I mocked uh, Osiris Torrance to the Bills in the first round in a mock draft that I wrote November 30th. You know, So this is definitely a player that I've been uh, interested in and, and thought he had first-round potential. I mean, in my most recent mocks, I had him going in the first round. And so him at 59, uh, I think, is good value. I think you mentioned it, the, the domino effect of the offensive line is what really, really fascinates me. And, you know, Osiris Torrance, I don't think he's a very versatile player. He's a guard only, a very powerful player, size you know, really road grading type offensive lineman, firm anchor in pass protection, but not super rangy. And I don't think he can project as a tackle or a center. So you think of him as a right guard. That's where he's really played his time or spent his time in college. And well, the Bills right guard is Ryan Bates. But the thing about Ryan Bates is he's very, very versatile, right? You, you can legitimately see him filling in at five positions. And maybe the Bills just ultimately feel like he's better suited to be a reserve for them. And you know, Isaiah Torrance is a second-round pick. You know, you look at that as a starter. I don't know if it means it's an immediate starter, but I would say at some point, potentially this year or absolutely next year, you expect Osiris Torrance to be your starting right guard. And so whether that means Ryan Bates is a reserve, whether that means Ryan Bates is a successor to Mitch Morse at center, or I'll even say right tackle. I, I remember Sal Capaccio talking about, you know, once the Bills were uh, potentially not going to bring back Daryl Williams at right tackle, they wound up doing that you know, that Ryan Bates was in the mix to be the guy at right tackle. So I think this frees up Ryan Bates, but they drafted Torrance to be a guard, and they drafted him high, and that means they expect him to start. So, you know, we can we can listen to them, uh, what they say, but what they do means a whole lot more, and, and this is a pretty clear signal to me that they want a more physical presence in this offensive line, more run blocking, and uh, they didn't pick him high for him to not play. Dorian Williams, Joe, the third-round pick for the Bills linebacker out of Tulane. Um, talk a little bit about maybe what you see, and, and, and obviously the, I, I think the comments from Brandon Bean, first of all, I think they're always interesting after the draft because you kind of get the vision of why they draft somebody. He does a good job, I think, of being very transparent about where they view players. I think the same thing with Torrance. They really talk about him starting a guard, and, and I agree. I think, I think that's where he projects out to be and be able to help this team the most, and I think what you don't want to do is Cody Ford this guy right and and yeah. maybe move him around and, and not let him get comfortable early, early in his career I think he is a right guard um, what, what do you make of, of maybe being coming out and saying they're going to start Williams at outside linebacker especially when I think there's there's a lot of attention on who's going to play inside linebacker for this team yeah I think that's where it gets confusing for me where I, I think you know, Dorian Williams he played Mike linebacker at Tulane if you go to my scouting report that I wrote in January I kind of said I don't really think that's in the cards for him because you know, as a, as a Mike linebacker, you want top-tier instincts and you want that ability to play downhill into the line of scrimmage, which I don't think, you know, his ability to take on and deconstruct blocks I think is a, is a weakness of Dorian Williams' game. But he is athletic and he's got a lot of range. And so as a weak side pursuit-style player, you're like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Well, you know, Matt Milano's that player for the Bills and he's not going anywhere. They just signed, signed him to an extension. And so, you know, Brandon Bean basically said we're going to start him on the outside and he's going to play special teams. So in the third round, you just invested that pick in a guy that's going to compete to be Matt Milano's backup and play special teams. I personally have a lot higher expectation for what the path is for a third-round pick, not Agreed. to mention the concern is that inside linebacker. Um, and so the, the Bills, to me, are, are no closer after spending third-round picks in consecutive years yep. on linebackers. They're no closer to having an answer at Mike Linebacker. Yeah, I think that's my concern, too. Joe, last thing I have for you, I wanted to get your thoughts on um, where you had Dewan Jones um, on your board. I know I, from, from the, you know, I think it was uh, Tyler Dunn's piece at Go Long at, that some teams probably had him, them, or had him off of their board altogether. He goes in the fourth round to the Browns. Um, size, athleticism, all that stuff's there, but I, I think it's the off-the-field stuff that concerned teams and likely why he fell to the fourth round, right? 
Well, I, I was a little confused by this uh, today. Um, and so just thinking about DeWan Jones, I mean, just a rare guy with the yep. length and the power. I mean, he's, he's a better player than a fourth-round pick. Uh, but I reached out to a very, very well-connected source, and they said, look, he just absolutely bombed the pre-draft process. And so, you know, he had that really good day one of the Senior Bowl, but since then it has not been good for Dewan Jones, and he didn't maximize this window to, you know, interview well and, and you know, go to the combine and do the things he's supposed to do the pro day. So uh, bomb, bomb the pre-draft process is what's been reported to me. All right, Joe. Well, uh, I'm going to get your grade in a vacuum, your overall day one, day two grade for the Bills draft, uh, applying a nonsensical uh, letter value to a very nuanced thing. Um, What is your overall grade for what you've seen through two days? Well, here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to let a confusing third-round linebacker take away from what I really like in Osiris Torrance and Dalton Kincaid with their top two picks. But it is going to influence things. I'll give it a B. Um, if I like that third-round pick more, I think we could challenge for maybe an A-. minus. But um, Kincaid and Torrance are really nice building blocks for this team and, and really evolving the offense. All right, Joe. Appreciate you, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your uh, – this, this is probably the one of the more fun days for guys that really hammer in on the draft um, because there's a lot of guys you see fall that maybe you really liked, a lot of guys you didn't like that maybe went a little bit early. So now you kind of get to, to use your big board and kind of determine – who you think is a smart general manager and who's got good scouting staffs and who doesn't. So uh, enjoy the day, my friend, and thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you having me. All right, Joe Marino there of the Locked On Bills podcast and the Locked On Draft Prospects podcast as well. Time out, other side, Sal Capaccio joins us for the first time today on the Western Highline. That's coming up next year on WGR. Coverage of the NFL Draft on WGR is being brought to you by Fiegel Car and Joyce, your border attorneys. By New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. By the Mini Mafia Kids Club. Visit buffalobills.com slash mini mafia to join the fun. And by Upstate Honda Dealers. To see the exciting all-new Honda lineup, visit your local Upstate Honda dealer today. Welcome back to our special Sports Talk Saturday version of the 2023 NFL Draft. Day three, round four. Cooking, as the kids would say. No cap. Cooking, no cap. The look that I just got from Corey Griswold. It's really showing the age here. Who is old. He doesn't understand this lingo. Yeah, and I know what it looks like to get roasted by kids when you sound like that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because you get roasted daily. Do it professionally. Yeah, that is your job professional get roasted how do you, guy. how do you do that like kids are ruthless when they roast you like there's no feeling of like this might be a bit far it's just whatever inside. they feel I, i'm generally you have dead to inside. Be. you have to be. he's my, an easy target but but a fair target yeah you know? my cousin's a teacher with middle schoolers and i look at her every day and i'm like ah, i edited the winer line buddy ain't nothing can scare god can't oh. scare me like such, I, a, such a good point i've seen you you never had to do no that. no i never this dealt is, with winer lines no. after his time it is it is very much sale i'm pretty sure sale would have had to do it you definitely did it. I did it when I had my internship here on the morning show with uh, Matthew Collar and, and Jeremy and Howard. Um, I w- every every morning five a.m. I'd get here. Matt would uh, send me on to the to the newsroom where I would cut somewhere between twenty and forty five messages. Yep, that would be just people calling in, leaving voicemails on cool. the liner line. Open mic night every every morning. So Open that's mic what, night. That's what that was. Yep. Yes. Twice. There were days where we did, we did it. There was a morning edition and an afternoon edition of the wine. We did it. We put more effort into the winer line than we put into our updates. Yes. It was the wine, well, the liner, It was, it yeah. was a. It the was a, has, has the potential to be comedic gold. It was big stupid. It was a Love pinnacle it. of the station. Man, that was real stupid. Man, that was real stupid. <laughs> it was a great era. It was a great era. <sighs> I, I miss it. To be hey, honest. should we get another reporter and like send them the games? No, no. What we should do. We should get an we should get an updated answering that's right. machine, a, you know, a new ma- answering machine. You know that has the the uh, you know the guy who has the bumper sticker on the back of his truck and it's guns in the shape of letters. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That guy gets to call a phone number. Yeah, yeah. And leave a message and have it cut him off because he's gone too long because he doesn't know comedy, but he thinks he does. You, it, sir, get to cut that audio and put it on the air. My favorite part about it is out of forty-five messages on a given wireline, you know, Damn. track. Two of them were playable. <laughs> but you had to listen to every single one because right. you, didn't know you didn't know what kind of gold would be in That's there. That's right. So w- I did that, and I did Bill's post game during the drought. 
Oh, baby. I listen to a lot of that. That's yeah. fun. Ask That's me, fun. Yeah. Ask me why I sound like I do. That's fundamental to your growth. <laughs> it is. It's that put, formative. That, that, that puts hair on your chest. That's a formative experience. Makes you a man right there. There is Yikes. no one on earth who has gone through what I have gone through. Ain't nobody. There's no one on earth. No one. Well, the Detroit Lions. It's a unique experience. No, I mean, they've had their own, but like the experience of going through the Bills drought and the Winer line together. Oh, never mind. There's You're maybe right. two or three people on the planet who know what I'm talking about. And one of them's the Bulldog. Oh, the Bulldog definitely knows. Um, by the way, in case uh, you, for whatever reason, have been listening to the station for as long as you have and don't know the numbers to call, it's 803-0551-888-552-550. But before we potentially answer any phone calls, let's go to the Western Hotline because our sale Capaccio joins us now from One Bills Drive. Uh, we are in the thick of round four sale at pick 119 Kansas City on the clock. I want to ask you to ri- rifle off any sleeper picks you've seen through the first p- couple picks of the fourth round, but... You've had a night to sleep on the first two days of the draft. Uh, we didn't get a chance to speak last night after the Dorian Williams pick. Um, where do you stand? We'll, we'll get your grade towards the end because every guest we have today, we're getting a, we're getting a grade on uh, the first three picks. Greg Thompson from Cover 1, a B-plus. Joe Marino, the draft network, uh, I'm sorry, of Locked on Bills, a B. But for you, Sale, maybe what stood out to you about that third-round pick yesterday and then what you heard from Brandon Bean after the pick? Well, what we heard from him was, um, you know, the idea of how they want to use Dorian Williams. And I think the minute you took, the minute they took him, there was this thought from Bill's Mafia of, okay, there's the middle linebacker. There's the guy that we've been waiting for. There's the guy that's going to start. And Brandon Bean's like, no, he's going to start off on the outside. He's going to be a special teams contributor. And Bill's fans, a lot of them are upset about that. But they have a lot. Look, at this comes down to this for me. I just want to keep telling everybody, they have way more faith in this building where I'm standing right now in Terrell Bernard than a lot of people do out there, like or think the Bills do. Terrell Bernard's going to get the first shot to start at middle linebacker. I'm pretty confident in that. Now, Tyrell Dodson's there as well. They did not draft Dorian Williams to start at middle linebacker. Now, if all of a sudden he starts blowing it up in training camp, yes, I mean, they'll move him. They'll figure it out. They'll get the guy on the field. But what we heard from Brandon Bean yesterday was he's going to start off outside He's going to be a special teams contributor. Look, the Bills have a good roster. It's hard to find a third-round pick to start on this team. Like, I don't know what the expectation is from Bills fans out there that they're so disappointed that a third-rounder is going to be a backup. Like, what are we doing? Like, a third-rounder is going to be a backup on this team because the team doesn't have really any starting jobs open. Sal, speaking of that, I mean, we, we've seen already, to start the day, a number of trades in the fourth round. I mean, the day started with three trades before the round actually began. Do you expect any kind of action from the Bills, either by trading back or even trading up? They don't pick until the fifth round. They don't have any seventh-round picks this year. Is, is there potential there, or do you think the Bills kind of just stay where they are, finish out the weekend, and, and get to the offseason, or get to the next step of the offseason? I mean, I, I think that Brandon Bean will absolutely entertain offers to trade down because then he can pick up another pick. He said yesterday it, it kills him not to have a fourth-round pick today. Uh, he's never gone into day three with only two picks, so they, they'd love to have more picks, but they're not going to force the issue. Um, look, they're going to get they're going to have undrafted free agents anyway, and right now they have seventy one, I believe, on the roster after last night. I think seventy one. I have to look, but seventy two might be. I think it's seventy one. But there's le- there's what eighteen nineteen spots left. You're going to get about ten undrafted free agents. There's still some guys out there that you know they can bring in on veteran deals after the compensatory formula. Uh, pick you know date runs out that those don't affect it by signing anybody so you know this is probably a situation where he would like to do it but I don't know if he'll get necessarily the value to do it so he just stays there and takes his pick so I don't expect him to trade up that'd be that'd be surprising but he did it already you know and trade in then then you'd be giving away everything like if he trades up he's probably that's it that's it for the day right um, so I do think they'd like to trade down I just don't know if you can get the proper value especially because the back end of this draft isn't considered great, and I don't know how many teams would really need to move up to grab a guy that they are coveting. Yeah, it feels like if they wanted to move up today, Sal, you'd be throwing in an, uh, a future pick, a next-year pick. And, and I think you know, just hearing Brandon right. Bean and how he talked uh, in the lead-up to this draft about how much that I think he really cares about making sure um, – that they have that extra third-round pick, that compensatory pick next year. Uh, keeping an eye and thinking about that in the future for day two, day three picks, I, I would be hard-pressed to think that they're going to start moving future picks unless mm-hmm. there's somebody 
that they just absolutely are in love with. They they believe they could have potentially gotten the second or third round that's available, right? I mean, it would have to be something they they someone they really no. But love. I I would tell you I think that picking up picking up. Uh, sorry, I think picking up next year's picks would be nice because this yep. it's supposed to be a better draft next year from what a lot of the scouts and analysts are saying. The Bills are already in line for a third-round compensatory pick next year, so that'll be nice. They really, really don't usually get those, as you guys know. So you know, as we sit here right now, the Bills have four picks in the first three rounds next year projected because of that third-round compensatory. If they can add another you know, fourth-round pick, fifth-round pick to next year's draft, that'd be nice to go into this next season going, all right, you, know, you, you have a nice, pretty, pretty good haul next year. Sale, all right, I'll let you go here as we get into the 1 o'clock hour. we got to take a timeout. So uh, let me get your uh, in-a-vacuum uh, rudimentary uh, new, uh, alphabetical number grade here uh, for the Bills through the first two days, and then maybe we can reassess after we know what they do uh, today in rounds five and six. But you, you, got a, you got a letter grade for them for your first two days? Yeah, I was debating. I would give them an A minus, but I, I'm a little perplexed by the pick last night of um, Dorian Williams. I mean, he's like the exact same size. I wrote about it, by the way, guys. All my thoughts. WGR550.com. Terrell Bernard, 89th overall, six one two twenty eight. Dorian Williams, 91st overall, six one two twenty four. Like they're like the same dude, right? Um, so I was a little perplexed by that. But man, you get Osiris Torrance in the second round. Is a he's a first round talent, and it's at a position you could really strengthen and then you get Dalton Kincaid the best pass catching tight end in the draft and maybe one of the best pass catchers if not the best in the entire draft so I'll go to B plus just because you know they um that third round pick kind of perplexes me but I'm I'm I was flirting with a minus all right, Sal. We'll appreciate the feedback. Well, I'm sure we'll hear from you uh, and the day two draft prospects uh, throughout the afternoon here so appreciate your time you got it, guys. Sal Capaccio there on the Wester Hotline joining us from One Bills Drive. Time out. Other side, the 1 o'clock hour. We should have uh, John Scott up around one We'll also hear from Matt Perino next hour as well. So we got a lot to get to here as Day 3 rumbles on here on WGR. Coverage of the NFL Draft on WGR is being brought to you by Fiegel Car & Joyce, your border attorneys. By New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. By the Mini Mafia Kids Club. Visit buffalobills.com slash mini-mafia to join the fun. And by Upstate Honda Dealers. To see the exciting all-new Honda lineup, visit your local Upstate Honda dealer today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.